Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III The Search for Spock one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, welcome back. Thanks, man. Happy Monday. Yes, it is a happy Monday. It's a post-Episode 3 Discovery Monday. I know. We're getting there. How many are there going to be? 15? Uh, Yeah, like 13 or... 15 somewhere around there. I know it's supposed to be more than like your your standard like standard like half season, you know, thing they yeah. have like with HBO and so I think yeah, I think maybe like 15, 16. That sounds about right. Are you, are you glad that they didn't uh drop them all at once like a complete season? You know, you'd have to well there's burn through it, you know, all, waste your whole weekend. Yeah, so there's part of me that um I'm like I love the fact that they're not like just making me binge watch them all because I will. Mm-hmm. I'll binge watch them. But then there's the other part of me where, um, just for instance, yesterday I, was, I had to do a little bit of work, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what would be great? If I had a couple of episodes of Discovery to help me through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could, you know, you could artificially binge, right, by just not watching them and saving them up. But True. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to wait because I, I want to know what's going to happen. I think, I think in the end, I think a lot of people are probably going to do that because, you know, you got to pay for the app. And I think what people are probably going to do is they'll save up the episodes and they'll probably spend five ninety nine for one month, watch them all in a week and then cancel the cancel the app. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm considering the app uh, a, a write off for yeah. you know, Star Trek Minute. And, uh... yeah, it's a business expense. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I'll be uh, putting on my taxes this year. So anyway, d- discovery aside, and hopefully yes. Chris and I will be able to put together a couple of episodes or a couple of minutes uh, to talk about discovery because I know we have a lot of things to talk about with discovery, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about Search for Spock today, and we're on yes. minute 34, and minute 34 uh, has Kirk exiting the lounge, and this minute ends with McCoy saying, to expect one to order poison in a bar. Hmm. I like how you did that, too, because it doesn't sound like McCoy. It does not. Um, so this minute has, uh, has, a couple of, has a couple of good lines in it, and then I think we devolve into um, some of the stuff that I'm not exactly a big fan of with this movie, because I, I was mentioning to you offline, and you know, you would ask me, like, what, do you, what do you think about these minutes? And I'm like, I think these are the couple of minutes where I realize that I don't necessarily... There's a reason why this movie's not higher up on my list than um, than some of the previous minutes we've had. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we start off with um, uh, Kirk getting up to leave. He's got a... Uh, you know, he's getting up to leave for Morrow, and, uh, you know, we see our... Our friendly neighborhood waiter and all the all the action going on and uh, you... so... oh go ahead no oh, no please I interrupted no we see Kirk coming around and he's got a little bit of a he's not like smirking but he's definitely not frowning he's got a little bit of a I don't know Kirkism he's he's he's, he's got Kirk-ism. a knowing a knowing look on his face like he, something's going down 
Yeah. I almost, I mean, we know what's, we know what he's thinking. We know what, where he's about to tell us. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's happy that he's going to do it. You know, he's not, you know, he's not like, oh boy, I'm about to break some rules. I think he's more like, oh yeah, it's go time. A little you know bit, I mean? yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, my one comment is he's, he's walking out of the room. You know, you get one last shot of the of the whole lounge. Yeah. Uh, and those blue um, uh, diagrams on the wall. Right, yeah. Those, yep. those are like, like icons. I was wondering if those were um, – was it Keith? Uh, earlier guest on the show, Keith McDaniel, was he the one who had the sticker book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was, that had all the, uh, all the different uh, symbology uh, yep. of, of Trek, and I was wondering. I wonder, I'll have to go back and yeah. look, yeah. Because there's definitely a medical one there. Definitely one looks very medical. There's another. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I could. I, I'd be just be uh, guessing what these these symbols are. What I don't see is the one he was telling us about, the, which was the communications. Uh, the symbol for communications, but right. Some, yeah. Some interesting iconography back there. Yep. I will say that uh, you know I've enjoyed the lounge. I mean, I think, you know, over the last couple of minutes, I think we've enjoyed watching the people in the lounge, the way it's laid out, the, the cool artwork and stuff like that. So I'm I'm pleasantly happy with the scenes we've had with the lounge. Okay. Um, okay. And then we come up with, uh, you know, Kirk. And uh, I got to ask a question here. So he comes up to Sulu and, and uh, Chekhov. Yeah. How, how long have they been waiting there? Have they been waiting <laughs> there the whole time? I feel like, yes, I feel like the scene we missed was the three of them showed up and Kirk's like, okay, you guys stay here and be cool. I'm going to go talk to Moreau. I shouldn't be like, you know, I'll be five minutes. It's going to be quick. I, I know it. And, uh, I mean, Sulu's, Sulu's standing there holding his jacket because he hands him his leather, you know, his, his cool leather jacket. Um, so I have to wonder if he's like, uh, you guys aren't, you guys can't come in here. <laughs> Are they not? <laughs> Are they not uh, high enough rank to go in? Is it like well, the? Uh... <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. Like, is it a is it a rank thing here? You know, you can only be captain, admiral above. This is the admirals, you know, area or it, above. It, yeah, it could be. You know, you ever travel with that buddy who can get into the, you know, the the executive lounges at the airport, and they just leave you out at the gate. <laughs> I'm gonna go in here. You guys wait out here. Yeah, I'm gonna get a neck massage and a beer, and you guys can sit. And yeah, no, uh, that's probably what it was. They probably weren't allowed in. I just felt like he comes around and they're just standing there. I felt a little weird for them. And there's a woman sitting at a, I think she's sitting at a desk. So she's probably, you know, the gatekeeper of who can go in, who can go out. Well, maybe, yeah. But there don't appear to be any doors. So they, the other kicker is that Sulu and Chekhov can actually look in and see everything that they're missing. Well, it's almost like uh, sometimes when they open that curtain in first class. And you can sort of see them getting the ice cream sundaes and the champagne <laughs> while you're sitting back getting, you know, a bag of chips and peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, more decorations in this, in the, whatever this is now, the entryway. There's another piece of the model of, uh, we learned it's Epsilon 9, that, that yep. the station from uh, uh, from the motion picture. So it's another, another section of it that's hanging on the wall behind the, I don't know, the hostess. So, uh. So finally, Sulu asks, the word, sir? And Kirk responds with, the word is no. I am therefore going anyway. Is is this one of the great lines in Star Trek? I think in this movie, I think it's, I, I think, I think I have thought of this line often. You know, it's like you remember those lines from Wrath of Khan, and there were a lot of great lines from that 
from this movie, this is probably the line that I remember the most. Yeah, me too. And it's also the one I get wrong the most. <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think if if you asked me to, you know, just say the scene, say the line from memory, I couldn't do it. I have to have it written down in front of me because the I am therefore going anyway. It, I always think I say it wrong. Therefore, I'm going anyway. I'm therefore going anyway. Therefore, you know. <laughs> I never get the words right. Um, and I was—I meant to. Uh, part of my research was this: was this line also in the trailer? Do you remember? I feel like I feel like it was in the trailer. I feel like I feel like we talked about it in the trailer. Yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it is one of my favorites because it's just—it's that mixture of arrogance and, like I said, it's like he's got looks like he's got mixed feelings about it. He's like reluctant, like all right, I'm going anyway. Um, well, I think we sort of. Uh, you know, in minute uh, 33, I yep. think we sort of determined that he was he he was formulating a plan anyway. I mean, he had that that long you know stare in um, where he's sort of staring off into space and we're slowly zooming in. I think we sort of both determined that something's going down in his mind. He's already formulating plans and making you know going through the motions in his mind. And I think, like you said, when he was uh, you know when he's leaving. To, to meet Sulu and Chekhov, he's almost happy that he's going to be enacting that plan. Yeah. Anyway, I know you're right. We talked about it last minute, and I still wonder, too, like, okay, I'm therefore going anyway. <clears throat> going anyway. Uh, is it, is he, I am saying, I am therefore going to take the Enterprise and going anyway, or is he just like, I'm going anyway? You know what I mean? Is it like, I'm going I'm to figure out a way, or does he really, th- I mean, because you would think, He's like, I'm taking the Enterprise, I'm going. <laughs> you would think that, would be like, well, geez, how many people do I need to take the Enterprise and go? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, normally, normally needs full crew, but we know it's been automated to some degree by Scotty. That was kind of laid out for us at the beginning of the film. So is it just that knowledge that I know it's I know it's got all this automation, therefore I need I just need a few people to, to help me? Well, I think, you, I think he even mentions it in the previous minute. He says... Um... You know, he, he tells him, you know, it's my responsibility. He's like, and he says, as surely as if my own, give me the Enterprise. With Scotty's help, I could. And you know, like right there, with Scotty, he could potentially put like a skeleton crew together and yeah. they could take the Enterprise. So I think him saying, therefore I'm going anyway, you know, or I, I, I'm therefore going anyway, he, um, see, I even get it wrong. Um, I think it's implied that he's going to take the Enterprise. Okay. He's already formulated that in his mind. I'm going to take the Enterprise, Scotty's going to help me, and, you know, we're going to go. Right. And I think it's even more, you know, now it's cemented that we know what he's going to do. And then Sulu, you know, even, um, you know, mentions, he's like, you can count on, he, you know, he he says, you can count on our help, sir. And, you know, obviously volunteering Chekhov, I mean, so they're they're on board as well. Yeah, Chekhov, like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for this. Right, so count, Sulu says, yeah, we can count on our help. Kirk says thanks. Uh, Chekhov's like, shall I alert Doctor McCoy? Uh, I'm just going through the, just going to dialogue now. I don't have anything to say yep. about that. But the the shot now when they're all in the elevator, turn around and, uh, yep. they, they, I think they're all sporting some cool coats. You know, that's the you... one thing I think I feel like Star Trek got right. <laughs> like with with casual wear, is they got the coats right. Coats right. I mean, we don't want to see the travesty that is Chekhov's outfit. We know when he takes that. <laughs> He takes that coat off. We see him later, but, uh, but yeah, no, the coat he's sporting right now is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's something. I don't think I'd wear it, but 
Um, and I like, I, I, I gotta say, I love Sulu's. I know this is, we don't get a good shot here, yeah. but it's almost like a cloak, yep. um, you know, jacket. I just, I just love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's definitely. Well, we talked about it earlier too when he was at Kirk's yeah. apartment. That his casual wear is so far been a plus all the way through. Oh yeah, definitely. What do you think of the um, of the the door? Okay, the door, the elevator. Well, the elevator, the turbo lift. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. What is this thing? Is this are all elevators? Well, I guess, we, I, I guess <laughs> all elevators turbo lifts. Yeah, or vice versa. <laughs> this looks more like an elevator to me. Um, well, he has to push the button. Yeah, that was what... Up. I, yeah. Believe he, I believe he pushes a button when they get to the door, so so I'm going to guess elevator? Um, and that's a pretty archaic-looking panel, too. <laughs> yeah, this looks like it was... They, were, they filmed in a real building and just... They put the Starfleet headquarters sticker on the door. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Which is another thing that, you know, I was thinking of, is that they're in Starfleet headquarters, so this is obviously some sort of, you know lounge within you know Starfleet headquarters mm-hmm. yeah I do like the symbol though very cool it is pretty cool I've never really I've never really paid a ton of attention to the logo that's the that's is that supposed to be uh, our solar system on the on the map there or is that that's a good question I was going to ask you oh crap are we supposed to know what that <laughs> constellation of you know the is it supposed to be our? Obviously, there's more planets there, um, so I don't know. Is it supposed to be we're looking up into the sky, and or are those the main, or are those the main planets within the Federation? Yeah, maybe. Ah, oh boy, bad trekkie. Uh, we should look that up because okay. now I do want to know. You know, yeah, like the stars on our flag, right? The American flag have meaning, the number yep. of stars, and so there. How many? Oh, isn't you know the stars of this one? Uh, yeah, I need more information. All right, man. So now we... Anything else on the officer's lounge you want to talk about? Nope, I'm good. Okay. So now we get to... Uh, I don't know. I The scene shifts, right? And now we are... We're with McCoy entering... I don't know if there is controversy out there, but I'm going to say my own personal controversy <laughs> of the scene that we are walking into is Star Trek desperately trying to have a star wars cantina scene oh yeah is, is it me no no it is it is not you uh, and i'm assuming i'm i'm not alone and if you know that this is this is not this is not good yeah this is not good it's interesting there's a lot of interesting things to look at but when you look at them at detail because of this podcast no it's, it's a lot of stuff does not work <laughs> you, you know what i get more than I don't know, so I'm going to not even think of Star Wars here. Um, when I see this scene, the first thing that comes to mind is, obviously I know it's a Star Trek movie, yeah. and you know this is the first time we see McCoy since the incident on the Enterprise, but the first thing I think of, and I don't know why I do, maybe it's just the way the the layout is and the music, is I think Logan's Run. Oh, Logan's Run. Okay, because of the... Uh... The style, I, I don't the, the clothing style. I think it's just, I think it's just the style and the music, just that bad yeah, space jazz, space music that they're trying to sound. It's trying to sound like upbeat, but it just sounds bad. And I, you know, I just feel just looking around. You know, like when they're playing the the video game, and um, 
I don't know. I just feel a sense of Logan's run, and, I, and maybe it's a combination of the music and just the bad set, and it just. Ah, you, I just don't like it. <laughs> you know where I thought you were going uh, was um, as you were kind of leading up to it, and as I'm looking at just it's just this the first shot here of McCoy entering the bar yeah. was, um, and I and I still can't think. Of that. Still can't think of the stupid oh total recall. Oh yeah, it, yeah. The, there's a there's a bar scene or multiple bar scenes in Total Recall when he's on Mars. And, oh yeah. And there's something. I mean, I, I like Total Recall, but it's not the, it's not the, not the. It doesn't have the highest production values, you know, and some of the stuff, some of their sets and stuff. And that's what, that's know. what that's what this makes me reminds me of as well. Um, but let, let's let's dive in, shall we? So McCoy walks in and he's got his casual wear and uh, ascot on. <laughs> right? This is casual McCoy. Oh, this is casual McCoy, all right. He's even got his hair styled. Is it? Is it me? Does He doesn't normally wear his hair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really thought about it, but it definitely looks like it's done up. Yeah, he looks like he's he's kind of, you know, spiffed himself up for a night on the town. This isn't regulation. His hair doesn't look regulation. How's that? There you go. <laughs> and then we've got we uh, he bumps into an officer or some some Starfleet officer, uh, but he's yep. trailed bit by uh, our first uh, or second alien. In, I guess we've seen a few aliens so far, but our first new alien. Uh, in and I I could not find what type of alien this guy is. Or if it's just some dude wearing a mask. Well, there's two aliens. There's the dude with the gold face, mm-hmm. um, and then there's the woman. I think she's an alien as well. Oh. She's got some weird brow thing going on. She does. I actually have some information on her. Uh, okay. She is well. She's she's unnamed. She doesn't. The, her character does not have a name. Um, but uh, she was played by uh, Kimberly Ryuski. Uh, who we've talked about before, she is one of the cadets from the Kobayashi Maru uh, oh, Star Trek okay. 2. She's a, one of those stunt actresses. Um, and so she actually... So she's... Yep, she's one of the people that um, once you get in, you you are in every movie? Yep, she's in... She's in, uh, she's in this whole trilogy. She's in Star Trek 2, 3, and 4. Uh, so this was her... Uh, her uncredited appearance. Which is such a bummer. I don't... I know we've talked about this before, but why, why can't they give everybody a credit? These people were on set. They spent time putting them in makeup. And they couldn't have just you know, written down her name and made sure she got on the credit sheet? Yeah, I, you know, that's a, you, you, we didn't really bring it up last, you know, with Wrath of Khan either, but there were a lot of uncredited people in that movie too. Um, particularly Joaquin was, you know, and yeah. that was a whole other issue. But I mean, yeah. just... Just even, you know, cadet number one or cadet number two or bridge cadet or whoever, I mean, at least give them a, just give them a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to. And I don't know if that's changed or if there were, and, and I don't know, I don't obviously don't work in the industry or, uh, you know, so I don't know the rules governing, like, if you have to have a certain amount of screen time or if you, 
get paid a certain amount or if you are part of a union I know they're all part of different you know actors guild yeah. and screenwriters guild and all that kind of stuff and I don't know if you're just a stuntman and you're an extra that you don't necessarily get a credit because you're not part of the, the actors guild so to speak I know it doesn't seem fair though does it it doesn't and it, really, it definitely doesn't yeah and it really causes havoc on podcasters like us <laughs> We're trying to figure out who everybody is. Yeah. But so she is, uh, I think, of just about everybody else we're going to see uh, in this minute. I think she's the only one that was uh, that I was able to track down to to actually a, a name. And then as we go and then as we switch scenes, we see more of the bar going on and we see a sign for Arcanus Lager. Yeah, I know I want to try that. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a real beer. It's not. It's space beer. Oh well, that stinks. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like. I mean, now there's a there's. A, so when you look at this set, right, and the attention to detail, that's a lot. That seems to me like for a for a non-existent beer, for a fictional beer, they went through a lot of effort, right? Oh yeah, definitely. They had someone make a neon sign for this thing, uh, which is cool. That neon is still, you know, the choice of decoration in bars, even in the 23rd century. But then they have that ridiculous-looking lamp there. <laughs> yep. Uh, on just some random table. Yeah, it just... And then, yeah, let's... What else we got? This whole, this whole scene is if you kind of go sweep left to right. <laughs> so you got the neon sign. Very cool. Um, somebody, some... you know, there's a... what's Who's the... There's a brewery out there, right, that does... There's a Star Trek-themed brewery. Um yeah, you know, I, I want to say they make Romulan ale, but I don't think that's it. But it's like Federation beer. Mm. Or uh, I wonder if they if this is one of their uh, brews. If they've made an Arcanus Lager in the real the, you know, in the real world, because this is fictional. It's not based on a real beer. I have to look that up and get some. Uh, but then, what's the in the background? So there's a there's a couple, you know, two people talking and. I don't know what they're looking at. It looks like light bulbs, like lit up in reverse. Well, it's like one. It's, is it another type game? Like, are they playing a game or something? Because she's sort of poking at it, and you know, nothing's really happening. But you can definitely see, like, her hand. You know, as the the airplanes are flying around, you can sort of see her hand poking at it. So I'm wondering if it's another. They're obviously playing a game. They're uh, in a bar. Yeah. You know, maybe they're playing a different game. Whatever it may be. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is a maybe that's a, she's fiddling with another joystick. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think of what do we think of the uh, the biplane game? Um, cool. It's a uh, out I, of place. <laughs> well, it's I I agree. It's it is cool and it's out of place and it's you know it. Uh, so the movie's made in 1984. Everyone's using yep. joysticks. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. So we haven't extended the imagination yet beyond <laughs> arcades that were present in 1984. Everybody's using a joystick. You'd think they would throw them like, you know, if you're going to, trying to think a little more futuristic, throw them a, um, what was the trackball in Centipede? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I like the graphics. I like the biplanes because they, for me, you know, nostalgic. They make me think of. You know those vector graphic games that that were around back then. You know, Battlezone and Tempest. Oh, yeah. And, yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I do. I do think it's cool, and you know, I'm I'm poking a little bit of fun, but I just feel like it's out of place. Like this is not a, and I know they're in a bar, but I just I don't know why I just feel like it's a little 
weird for Star Trek. And I know they I know they do play games, they obviously play chess and they would have some sort of computer games and maybe I'm just being I don't know what I'm being, but I just feel like it's in this particular instance I just feel like it's it's out of place. Yeah, so it's not not working for you. It's not working for me. I I don't know. I I like it. I think it's I, I get, I get, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so this this works for me. So that's what that's what the appeal is. Although I, I my my one note on this was I I always think of an, another movie when I see this happening. It was um, a James Bond. Uh, I think it's Never Say Never Again. Oh yeah, <laughs> where they're playing that game and they have to hold the the sticks or whatever, and they, they feel pain. Yeah, I think it was, it was a Domination or Dominion. Yeah, uh, something like that. They were just had to, they had to keep capturing countries on the globe, and yeah, they're just slowly getting what essentially like not electrocuted. Yeah, they're getting like electrocuted or something. It's more and more intense as they play. That's what I always I always think of that when I see this shot here. Did they ever turn that into like a home video game? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> domination. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was domination was the name of the game. Okay, moving on. Oh, there's another. That's obviously that's another. That's another alien that's playing the game, right? So that's alien number three playing the game. Okay. Again. And then we see a shot of McCoy still looking around. He's just sort of standing there looking around, and I think we see alien number four sort of off his, you know, on the left side of the screen wearing that big, big chain necklace. Right. Um, I think she's an alien as well. And then we see, quite possibly, my least favorite part of this entire movie <laughs> is the man and the woman poking at tribbles on their table i i can't imagine why you don't like this moment so i am please, i am sorry <laughs> i video game okay poking tribbles not okay just not <laughs> is it are you like i mean i've known you for a long time are you are you anti you know no triples are harmed in making this movie. Like you don't like that, you know. Oh no, I'm I'm fine with triples, and I even like the episode in the original series, the trouble with triples. Mm-hmm. I am okay with the triples. I feel like this is just stupid, and I just don't like it. I just feel like it. They were trying to make. I get what they like. You said they were trying to make this cool bar futuristic scene, and I feel like they just went one step too far. Because you know they're sitting around the table and they're like, oh, we got to make this unique. And, you know, I'm sure someone said, oh, we don't want to be like Star Wars. So we got to put some cool Star Trek stuff in there. And someone said, hey, what if we put some tribbles on a table and they're sort of petting them? And I'm like, I, I would, I think I would have slapped that person. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think in, the, in that shot, for me, it's everything but the tribbles that drives me up the wall. Oh yeah, it's it, it's them and the way they're sort of, it, it's like they went to the school of bad acting. <laughs> yeah, the guy has got like this expression on his face. I think you just said it. Like I want to smack him. He's like looks like a smirk. It looks. Uh, I, he's he's not exuding any charisma at all. <laughs> Either of them are, and I feel like we've sort of caught them, and they've said like action, like. And the woman just sort of like starts penning it, and I just feel like it's it, it is just a bad scene. This is one of those things where the director Leonard Nimoy, in this case, needs to look at it and go, "That's ten seconds we could save in this movie." 
Uh, what about what do you think about his drink? The fizzing, <laughs> the with the silly straw. <laughs> I mean, it's like a mad. <laughs> it's that mad scientist drink. You're like, oh, it's colorful, it's bubbling, and it's got you know, you know, foam coming off the top, or you know, dry ice coming off the top. I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think someone needed to take a step back here and be like, just because it's a silly straw doesn't mean that it's Star Trek cool. Yeah, no. So, yeah, so finally McCoy finds an empty table and sits down. Uh, and the, his, I, I'm assuming someone who knows him, the waitress walks up to him and, you know, says, long time, Doc. So I think that indicates that this is a an establishment that McCoy frequents. Yes. Yep. Or yes. at one time did frequent. Agreed. Uh, it's too bad we don't know. It would have been nice if it was like a if this whole scene had been kind of some kind of, you know, throwback to the original series. Um, but we never ever saw them on Earth, right? Or back or back at Starfleet. Right. And they were they were always on 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 the ship or on shore leave on some planet, but <clears throat> that would have been a that would have been a cool moment if it was a throwback to something like that. But this is now our first take at, oh, here's what a bar looks like at, in Starfleet. Super, I'm assuming they're in San Francisco, right? That's Starfleet headquarters. So I'm assuming yep. they're all nearby one another. Um, and yeah, this is just, it's a missed opportunity, this bar. Oh, I definitely agree. I feel like this was very, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like this was hastily put together. Yeah. Would you, would you have been... Would you have been okay with it if it had been uh, just the set was just set up like just a, a bar that looked like it was, you know, from today? Or would we be complaining it didn't look too, fut- not futuristic enough? I believe there was an episode in uh, Next Generation where they go to a bar. And there's a woman, I think she's like, you know, an alien and she's like playing the piano. I think it's Next Generation. And... I feel like they just, it was very subtle, it wasn't like over the top, it wasn't, you didn't have like the video games and the tribbles, I think you just sort of, it was like a bar, like I feel like you could make futuristic bar without the extra, or the cheesy music. Yeah. What do you think, what do you think of her, what do you think of her outfit? Oh my god, so, again. The big giant ribbon on the back with the uh, lighted front showing her cleavage. Yeah, I'm assuming it's they're you know they're like let's go for, you know, space, Playboy Bunny. Uh, but uh, again, putting lights on her shirt and shoulders and a, a very obvious wig. I'm assuming that's a wig. I, yeah. I uh, no, 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 and no. <laughs> yeah, she's got like rope lights, you know, sewn on. Yeah, again, it, I just. They do so many things right. Right. And then there's that... And then you see this... Yeah, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say, you just see so many things right in this movie, and then you see things like this, and you just scratch your head and be like, what in the world were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, it's like they, you know, it's like they gave someone their first shot. Like, hey, you can be your first job. You know, you're an intern set director, a decorator. You know, this is what we're going for. It's a, it's a bar in the future. We want to make it look futuristic. It's Star Trek. You know, okay, off you go. Go get, you know, go get us our props. Go get us the things we need. And they come back with the the lava lamp with the, with the glitter in it that he probably picked up at Brookstone. Ugh. 
boy. Right? Uh, yeah, I feel like they went to the corner store and just picked that up. Yeah, it's, it's just random. The, the, the dividers between, like, the booths, these orange and yellow, looks like flypaper strips, like, hanging between the booths, is, uh, I'm running out of mean things to say. So, let's just go through the dialogue, then. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, uh, the waitress comes up to him and says, uh, long time, Doc. McCoy says, yeah. Anybody been looking for me? To which she responds, I have. But what's the use? What it'll, what'll, what till it be? Jeez, that doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, her comment there, does, is that just her, her wait, waitress banter where she says, I have, but what's the use? Like, is oh, she think... implying that she's got a thing for the doc? Definitely. I think there's some history here. That would be my guess, is that she's been flirting with him for forever, trying to, you know, right. make an honest man out of him. <laughs> Whatever, and just he's never Maybe. never bitten. Altier water? Yeah, I don't I didn't find much on Altair water other than that it's a beverage from the Altair system. Uh-huh. That's what I found. I never would have guessed. That's about that's about all I was able to find. <laughs> yeah, no, not usual usual po- poison and then McCoy's, you know, totally his demeanor changes, uh and his voice kinda changes and you know, to expect one to order poison in a bar. Dot dot dot. But that. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he goes through a almost like a mini transformation there because he pauses for a minute to respond and just sort of, yeah, totally changes. You know, he's very quiet and reserved. Yeah, I think let's why don't we save that just because I, the, you know, he he gets cut off mid mid sentence. Yeah. Why don't we save that for uh for the next minute? We can talk about that yep. a little bit more. Sure. But uh, well, there. On that note, then shall we wrap it up? I agree. Wrap it up. All right, folks. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to end here. We'll be back again on Wednesday. In the meantime, if you want to head out to the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation on Facebook, uh, you can join us in the discussion. You want to continue the discussion about this bar and its patrons and decorations and whatnot. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and we're going to be back again on Wednesday talking about Minute 35 of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. <laughs>